All right, live from Scotland Yards. No, it's Larkspur, Colorado at Fruition Farms Creamery. And there he is pulling up, Chef Alex Seidel. And what a day on the farm already. Look at the star-studded lineup we have here. Chef Paul Riley with us, Chef Justin Brunson, Chef Jimmy Warren. We've got the butcher, Jason Nauert here with us, and Alex Seidel in his place. What we're doing right now is it's, it's a celebration of sorts, but the start of a new era, and Fruition Farms Creamery is up for sale, and Alex Seidel moving on. Um, this is a, a moment of people are coming here this weekend, and it's going to be quite the celebration, and just looking at all the great times that have happened here at Fruition Farms, we're going to take a look around, and again, just an amazing piece of property south of, Colo uh, of Denver. Jason, watch out. Just north of Colorado Jason. Springs. And Chef Alex Seidel. I was going to lower this. Chef, what are we doing here right now? We're about to uh, clean one of these pigs. Did a little harvest this morning with the boys. Uh, we've got a little uh, last hurrah on the farm coming up this weekend and uh, want to feed our community of friends that have been down here and put so much into the farm. Talked about it being momentarily a, a bittersweet moment as the farm will get traded off into different hands, but again, lots of memories in the past 12 years here, Chef. Absolutely. Uh, today is just another one of those memories uh, that will become one, uh, but great experiences uh, with many friends and colleagues. and the, guy, the guys you have here with us today, look at the guys here. You got Brunson, you got Paul, you've got Jason Nauert, yeah. Jimmy. These are, these are all of your friends that you've worked with throughout the year, so it just seems fitting to be here today with you this morning. Absolutely. Uh, Brunson over there, we, uh, we killed and cleaned our first pig at this farm together. And uh, it was the start of something magical for Brunson, uh, going that meat direction and cured hogs and, um, you know. Look how far everybody's come. And new chapters are to be expected in life. And it's one of those things to where you got to move forward, but in order to move forward, you have to come to terms with what's happened. What is Fruition's Farms Creamery? What has it served to you for the past 12 years? What'd you do here? What got you into farming? You know, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Uh, it was really just more about connecting with food. Uh huh. Uh, I moved to Denver in 2002, and I, I, I originally came from California where you had access on a daily basis. Yeah. And uh, there was very little access in Colorado, uh, especially Denver. Mm -hmm. uh, certainly Boulder's Farmer's Market has been working with farmers uh, for a long time, but you know that was not accessible to Denver chefs. Um, so this was just really a way to reconnect. And I remember uh, I went out to, after I got the farm, Jim and I, who was a sous chef in the kitchen, we went out to Hudson Valley and we went to a dairy symposium. and. That was really the first thing we ever learned about animal husbandry or milking, sheep, cheese making, um, you know, and it's just been, every day has been a, a learning opportunity. All right, so this farm is on 10 acres of land, Larkspur, yes. Colorado. Yes. 
and a lot throughout the year. But how'd you get it? How'd you receive the farm? What, what was on here? Um, you know, when this when I purchased this farm, um, I was working with a guy named Josh Holder, and uh, he was a grower of mine at Mizuna. And in between Mizuna and Fruition, uh, we started talking about this idea of um, expanding produce opportunities here in Colorado. And uh, he was growing, he went from his parents or his in-laws backyard to a warehouse to, hey, let's think about some farmland and how we can grow more food for the restaurants. And um, he actually was looking around. We were both looking for farm properties. Um, he spotted this one. And, uh, you know, unfortunately it went into foreclosure back in 08, 09. And, That's, uh, that was a bubble burst right then. Yeah, it was, it was two years after fruition opened and, uh, fruition at that point was uh, very well supported by our community and, um, you know, as a way to broaden our access. And, uh, I didn't know anything about farming. I used to hate to go to Northern Wisconsin when I grew up. Um, but I guess I had some of that in my blood and uh came back to it uh didn't develop a business plan just kind of took a shot at it um purchased the property in uh, april 2009 and uh i think a month later we had about 60 people down here and we redid this uh, red barn it used to be blue and yellow and it was dilapidated black concrete from the garage door over and so literally a barn resurrection. Uh, we needed a barn resurrection. I so, love it. Um, that was really the first time everybody from the restaurants came down and people from the community came down. So and describe it. 60 people all pitching in. You had the raw materials and yeah, let's get at it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, we had a party. You know, we turned it sure. into a party. As well it should be. So a lot of the things that you you do here in the farm would really just that, that romance or that notion that really good food can come from a close proximity. And it can be sourced directly from some things that you were doing. So to go full circle, that meant a lot at the time to have a restaurant and a farm to draw from. Yeah, you know, it's going to be unfortunate. It's certainly bittersweet because uh, we have access to things that uh, no, one, no one else does, you know. And the quality, uh, Ilse who was our horticulturalist down here the last seven years you know she she put a lot of effort into this place and grew some magnificent things and we were just so uh, honored um, I don't think she realized realized how honored we were but to be able to um, utilize and sh showcase her talents mm -hmm. on a plate um, was a pretty awesome part of the whole journey when did the creamery step in? Uh, Jimmy and I, uh, we went out to Hudson Valley. Um, he was a sous chef at Fruition. You know, he started in Garmage there and worked his way on up. And when I purchased the farm, Jim, uh, Jim just had an unbelievable uh, innate ability to fix things, build things, blow up things. You know, he grew up in Arkansas. And loves every second of it. And uh, you can see him today. Yeah. You know, he jumps baby. right in there. You know, this is this is what he does. And uh, so seeing that, I asked him to go out to Hudson Valley and uh, we went to a dairy symposium and uh, we met some people in that industry and we started going to farms all over the country. We mm -hmm. took a road trip. Uh, bought equipment in Wisconsin, spent time at an Amish farm. Oh, they burned the, the rope. rope. <laughs> oh, God. Guys on the There's farm. always something. I know. Guys on the farm. Can we see the creamery? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, let's take a look inside of here. And again, this is a fully functioning creamery that's ready to go. 
Um, you've stopped production since then. How long have you been out of production for here? Because uh, you transferred production. I don't want to say stop production. Yeah, about about a month. About a month. Yeah, we're in the middle right now. We're actually not producing at all, um, which is a little unfortunate. But you know, um, in due time, hopefully we'll uh, get a piece of the creamery that I want to continue to do. Yeah, uh, up back and running. Now the smell. You come in here right away. I mean. Yep. Something's going on right here. How do you describe, just do the play-by-play -play as we walk through here. Sure. You know, um, it pretty much starts on the other side, so why don't we start the play-by-play sure. -play from in here. Wow. So we were busy sanitizing this for a little pig butchery today, but... This is my first time that I've ever been in here. Uh, this is fantastic. So in Larkspur, Colorado, at Fruition's Farms Creamery, Chef Alex Seidel here with us. Take it from there. Yeah. Yeah, we can turn some lights on here for sure. Um, wow. How's that? So yeah, um, this is our... Our little uh, homestead creamery here. Yeah. Um, Colorado's first artisanal sheep dairy wow. and creamery. None um, of this was in here. None, this was a dirt floor. Holy cow. Um, and Jim and I basically, I remember us sitting in the back here using straw to construct what this place was going to look like. The, the vision. Yeah, it, was, it yes. was crazy. Some people do a bar napkin. Jimmy and Alex do straw. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I would love to have seen what that looked like. Does it look like the straw drawing? You know, uh, a little more complex, <laughs> but is it a little more complex. You know, we had this whole idea of the sheep coming down to the creamery, uh -huh. and we had visions of them being outside overlooking uh, the headwaters of Cherry Creek right here. It's love a beautiful it. property. Uh -huh. uh, you know, playing Mozart and having our sheep milk as much as possible. Um, but yeah, this is where everything started. We, uh, we got 40 sheep, 40 ewes and one ram. Um, in September of 2010, they, they arrived on a truck from Nebraska. And that night we had to milk them. And this is our milking parlor. I was going to say, how does that go down? Like, um, can we step in there? Yeah, or, we can, we can yeah, go around in I, there. I would love to step in there. And every... I believe everything serves a purpose, so I ask a lot of questions like a little kid. And yes, it is very, very clean in here. So you bring them in through the door? So originally we had a corral outside here with a, a row that came down from the pasture. And uh, they would come up onto a platform. We would open this door. Oh. And up top, and the first sheep would come in. First one would go in to get some feed, which would turn this, and they'd funnel in here six at a time. And then uh, we had uh, this is all a vacuum pump system wow. used for dairy, and we would have milkers that come down that we'd hook up to the teats, and uh, milk would flow into that receiver jar and then pump through the wall into our, our bulk tank over there. Wow. Okay. Then let's see the process over on the other side now. So this, uh, this actually is something that uh, we took from another farm. They used to have theirs on motors. Um, but, you know, I was mentioning Jimmy and his uh, wonders. You know, he, he built this all on pneumatic system. Unbelievable. Um, so 
It, so this was in an in existing structure? No, we literally, uh, we bought all this metal down in Denver at Dencall. Yeah. Uh, bought a welder, taught ourselves how to weld, and put it all together. That's entrepreneurial spirit right there. Yeah, so it was, uh, you know, you can see some of the welds, um, you know, they're a little rusty. Well, you know every nook and cranny of this thing, so I'm sure you can <laughs> pick out any little spot. So. so what kind of volume could be produced through there? And, and what's, is it even a volume issue at that? I mean... Well, it, it became a volume issue for sure. Um, you know, we were producing, I think we were milking 66 sheep and we weren't producing enough milk for our cheese production. So that's when in 2016, uh, we sold the flock and uh, started purchasing milk um, from Wisconsin. Interesting. Now, if I was to look at this just with the layman's eyes, it's like, oh, what, what are you distilling? Is this a mash tun? And sure. Yeah what, yeah, what are we looking at here? What's this process? So this is our, our cheese-making operation. Um, you know, this is the bulk tank that I was mentioning, so we would keep our milk chilled in there, and we'd pump it either into here into our pasteurizer. This is a 50-gallon vat pasteurizer. Records... Uh, Product temperatures and airspace temperatures, uh, which gets recorded so the state can see that we're pasteurizing for the correct amount of time and the correct temperature. And then this is a raw make tank, so we would transfer in here and everything would be hand paddled and handmade in this, uh, our ketchup acora, which is our raw milk cheese. Uh, so we were producing uh, five cheeses down here and uh, really working towards our yogurt production. I feel like we really make a yogurt that is unlike any other yogurt on the market. Mm -hmm. uh, we did a lot of taste testing with Whole Foods over the years and uh, their executives have been pushing for us to try and get that into their supermarket shelves and mm -hmm. you know part of that move to Denver is creating more of those efficiencies and trying to figure it out. What's the creamery market like? I, I mean you think of Colorado you don't really think of uh, creameries and cheese. Yeah, you know, Colorado, at one time, we were really trying to start a Colorado cheese guild, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, there's certainly some really, um, some really good uh, producers of, of cheese in Colorado, mm -hmm. um, but it's certainly been a tough market for people, and we've lost some of our best over the years. Um, so, yeah. Why'd you go with sheep? You know, Colorado's the land of lamb. Everybody knows Colorado's lamb, right? And when I first moved here in 99, you know, all we did was cook rack of lamb, rack of lamb, rack of lamb. That's right. And uh, we'd always finish it with goat cheese from Haystack. Mm -hmm. And as a chef, that never computed in my head. Um, how can we have all this great lamb and then not have a sheep's milk cheese? Yeah to go with it and I started doing more research and it was a very young industry that just started in the early 90s for a reason. Um, you know, uh, we don't necessarily have the breed of sheep here in America um, that produces high quantity of milk. Okay. Certainly quality, but not quantity. And so you're already starting behind the eight ball with genetics. Uh, that's a big part of uh, animal husbandry and farming is having the best genetics you can get. Yeah. Um, so we worked at that for a long time, and uh, you know, sheep's milk produces some of the best cheeses in the world. Absolutely. Pecorino, uh -huh. Roquefort, uh, Manchego, yeah. you know, from Europe. And uh, so, um, 
I don't know, just set out to do something a little bit different, I guess. Absolutely. Do you foresee the next owners of this property using, or do, is that the hope to use this creamery? You know, I hope so. I hope that somebody finds a home here at this farm and can tackle a lot of the things that we try to tackle and probably do them better. You know, as I said, a big, big part of the reason uh, for moving on from the farm is just it's becoming harder to manage. You know, it's, and with the multiple projects that you have to, because when you do something, you want to put a lot of your passion in and really concert it to that effort. 100%. You have so many efforts going on. And I really try not to commit to something that I can't give that 100% to. And, uh, you know, when I found myself coming down here less and less and less, um, you know, just over this past year, I think it just, it, it dawned on me that me, it became yeah. time. A bittersweet moment here in Larkspur, Colorado, at Fruition Farms Creamery. Chef Alex Idell, Greg Hollenbach, Jay Parker taking a look around. And again, as we look back to the friends that are just in the yard today, ramping up to this Sunday's kind of celebration of, yep. of all that is, you know, and, and celebrating old chapters and beginning new chapters and what that looks like, but it's community that yeah. comes together. The community, that it gives me the chills to think of the folks, I mean, truly. Yeah, you know, um, that's really what it was about was, first it was as a chef expanding your mind, right? Beyond the plate of food, mm -hmm. um, learning more about my food and where it came from. Um, but to be able to share that, because I never wanted to do it by myself. Right, what know? does it mean if you're alone doing it, right? Totally, so I mean, this is something that my cooks, um, our whole entire teams, I mean, our servers come down here. Uh, we have, you know, our, our, our teams that come down here with their families and share it with their families. And it's just been kind of an open house for 12 years. Um, you know, I remember Jeff Osaka, he came down here, helped me tile this place. Um, we had uh, Project Angel down here doing lamb butcheries um, when John was there. Uh, we've had yellow buses pull up here. We've had parties outstanding in the field. You know, it's just, it's always been about sharing what this place is about. And people take different things from it. Everybody's by, inspired by something different on this farm. And, you know, Paul Riley today is the first opportunity he's had to take the life of an animal yeah, uh, in his own hands. And, and, and you know, he, he, he said that it meant a lot to him because you need to be able to know those things. Mm -hmm. And especially somebody that partakes in livestock and, and that's on your menus is it's it's really good to connect yeah. in that sense and i believe it meant the world to him well this is this is life right we only get one chance at it that's right and uh if you're not living it to your fullest and trying to understand things that you don't understand yeah um you know that's why it is so special to be able to not only learn these things, but also to be able to share them. Yeah, I want to continue this conversation. We're going to break away. We're going to come right back. What I want to do is I want to talk to you about the hopes of what you see the, the next portion of the life of this farm to yeah. be, what you would hope that to look like. And yeah. there are a lot of folks that may be watching this video right now. Uh, yes, it, it's available, and it's available for the next chapter. We'll tell you what that'll look like, and we'll also show you a little bit more of the property, and then we'll catch up with our friends that are in the yard right now. As uh, It was a big morning already and harvesting some pigs for the great celebration that's this Sunday. Okay, we're going to break away. We're going to come right back to Fruition's Farms Creamery. And Chef Alex Seidel here with us, Jimmy on the other side here. Back in a flash, the Modern Eater show, we continue. Hey. <laughs>
<laughs> What's going on, everybody? This is Brother Luck from Lucky Dumplin' for by Brother Luck in Colorado Springs, and I am rocking with the modern eater. You're watching them, you're tasting them, you're knowing everything there is to know about Colorado. <laughs> Hi, Charlie from Brews Beers here. Our new Belgian Abbey Four Pack is a mixed package of the four core beers made in Abbey and Trappist breweries in Belgium. So we have a single, a double, a triple, and a quadruple in one package. Now, quadruples are the emperors of Belgian monastery ales. They're dark in color uh, with a dense tan head and alcohol ranging from 8 to 12%. So they're pretty strong. Quadruples are very rich and complex with big maltiness, uh, spice, and flavors of raisins, cherries, and plums. Alcohol is apparent in the mouthfeel, but not overwhelming. Uh, even at 10.5% ABV. So the finish is long, complex, and dry, and they're great beers anytime, by themselves or with hearty foods. Pick up your Abbey Four Pack at either Brews location, 67th and Pencos, or at Colfax and York, and at fine liquor stores throughout the Denver metro area. Take home some Belgian-style badassery today. outtake version. What's up Denver? I'm Chef Natasha Hess and this is Chef Carrie Baird and we are at the Ginger Pig. Check us out gingerpig.com. You can also see us on the moderneater.com. Thanks everybody. It's cornstarch. I know. It's cool. Right now let me tell you about Jeff Rourke and A Plus Beverage Solutions. He's the man with the plan when it comes to tap installations and tap maintenance. Jeff Rourke is the most trusted man in the business. 20 plus years family owned and operated, does great work and you might be knocking the rust off of your bar or restaurant and getting things tuned back up. He's the guy to call. If you're pouring in efficient beer, Jay, what are you doing? You're pouring your money down the drain. Uh, money. Don't do that. Uh, foam is money. Get a hold of Jeff Rourke, A Plus Beverage Solutions. Tell him what you need done. He'd be happy to come out and just take a look for you. Here's the phone number to give him a call. 720 272-3809. One more time. 720-272-3809. It's Jeff Rourke in A-Plus Beverage Solutions. Okay. Hi, I'm Amber with Strohauer Farms. And I'm just here to remind you that the best potatoes are grown here in Colorado. Goodness elevated. Thanks for watching the Modern Eater Show. Hey, Zach Ryder here, Colorado Mills Sunflower Products out of Lamar, Colorado, your only local source grown from a local crop to produce a local oil for local chefs. You can find it at Shamrock Foods, What Chefs Want, Seattle Fish Company. Uh, let me try it one more time, then we'll see. Hey, restaurants, we're glad you're reopening. 
from Colorado Mills Sunflower Oil. We'll see you soon. <laughs> First, we partner with the best farmers in the world, and then we tell them, we will take it all. Process whole spices daily, blend custom spices to order, keep it fresh, safe, and flavorful, all so that you can get back to doing what you do best. So whether you're a restaurant, a food manufacturer, or an at-home cook, be sure to visit The Spice Guy at www.thespiceguyco.com. Hey, Modern Eater fans. I'm Don Trobo with the Annex by Art at Mills, and I just wanted to give you a heads up about some of the great things we've got going on locally in the state. We're headquartered right here, and we're working with farmers in the San Luis Valley to bring you amazing Colorado quinoa. It's just like the South American stuff, but grown locally. We've got transitional wheat flour that's grown by farmers in Colorado and surrounding states who are in the process of, of turning their fields into organic. So we're taking that transitional wheat and turning it into flour, and now it's available for you to cook and bake with. And last but not least, we're now cleaning grain berries in Denver. So things like spelt or wheat berries uh, or pearl barley, those are things that we're now doing right here locally and are available to you. Can't wait to share it with you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jeff Nations from Aspen Baking Company. It's really important right now to support local. That's why I support the Modern Eater. Now, back to the show. All right, back on the farm. Right in the yard at Fruition Farms Creamery, and got Chef Justin Brunson here with us. What's this process that we're looking at right here, Jeff? Uh, so we're uh, de-herring this, this hog. Uh, there's a couple ways to do it. You can either dip them in hot water and scrape them, or you can burn them like this. Really what you're doing is you're blistering the skin, that first layer of pigment, and uh, scraping it right off. How's it going? It's going good, man. It's going good. It's the dirtiest part of the whole job. And so at this point, I mean, you know, in, in layman, this is the first time I've seen this process. It's kind of like fish scaling. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, you're taking a uh, burn the hair off, and then you uh, blister that first layer of skin, and it scrapes right off. And so the next uh, step in this process is... Uh, evisceration. So we'll get them all scraped like this, wash them down, and then we'll uh, take the innards out. Now, it's not going to be a perfect science this way, right? Uh, yeah, it's a little bit different than, uh, you know, it's a farm kill, so, you know, it's kind of going more towards those old traditional methods. Again, 10 acres of land here. You kind of showed me the property lines, but again, on uh, good water access too, which is really important to any great farm. Yeah, I, uh, back when I got the farm, I put in all these water spigots. Well, I've been putting in water ever since I bought the farm, but we originally had to bring water down to this barn. We had to bring water to this hoop house. So when I was doing all that, I had to go through a water court case and we went for the max and uh we have enough water here for a 20 home subdivision and now that the fog is lifting a bit i can get my bearings on the property of beautiful in larkspur colorado um it, you know it's not just right off i-25 it, it, this is pretty remote yeah it's not too bad i mean it's 25 minutes off i-25 yeah so i mean it's an hour outside of downtown you can make it in 48 it's where five you minutes. would want to be right but i, I mean uh you know, to have a little bit of land and some opportunity to raise animals, uh, you're certainly getting outside of Denver proper. Yes, you are. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, we're at the headwaters of Cherry Creek, Palmer Divide. Um, you know, we've got great soil here. This uh, soil was works. The people that owned this before me, she was a master gardener and uh, she'd worked this soil f since 89. They had sheep as well and used a lot of sheep manure, which mm -hmm. is certainly really fertile. Um, Barbara from Marzix used to come down here and just pick up manure from me all the time. Um, but yeah, so we continue to use that in our fields and um, we've continued to turn more soil and put up more structures uh -huh. um, so we can grow efficiently here. What were you doing in these rows? So this, is, this started off as our squash. Uh, we were doing a lot of variety of squash here. Um, Ilsa just started this area probably four four years ago uh turn the soil and work in it uh, you can also see this on the side here uh, we grow artemisia which is uh we grow a couple different types of artemisia uh it's also known as wormwood okay which they use to make absinthe uh-huh so uh wow um the guys over at golden moon distillery um steven yeah steve i just took him a bunch of absinthe the other day oh so he loves a that bunch huh? of, not a not a bunch of absinthe a bunch of uh wormwood uh-huh so i mean th this is legit this is looks very equipped i haven't been in before you mind showing us around yeah yeah bit? for I'd sure like to look inside of here so this was one of the projects that was done uh when we first acquired the farm um i remember when we put this up this had to be built for higher wind and snow loads than uh vale colorado um so it is definitely a well-built structure wow okay you, you, you got it going on in here yeah you know i wanted it to look good for people that were uh seeing what you, what is possible you know sure. you can you can grow we've been growing year-round in here um for years um in the summer we take all this plastic off the sides and there's that's basically a giant uh swamp cooler down there so we can cool this with these fans in the winter and, uh, you know, make all that work. Are you still funneling some of this produce for the restaurant? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're, uh, we're still using it till the end. Uh, we've got some beautiful beet greens in here. Yeah, show me what you got. Show me what you got, Chef. You know what? I haven't been able to get down here too much and maintain since I've had back surgery. And so uh, let, me, let me just smell this. But this is all fresh thyme that we yeah. utilize. Oh, my God. Um, you can see our greens are a little bit over overgrown over there. Uh, different mustards and whatnot. Uh, these are all beet greens. Uh, we've got carrots over here. Um, got a pack of radishes over there with some mint, oregano, some different varieties of Cipollini onions, some rosemary back over there, a couple violets and ornamentals. So. We do a lot of different things in here, mostly greens and yeah. little specialty stuff, though. What did it mean to you to keep the same name, Fruition, for the farm? You know, uh, Fruition, the restaurant, is like where everything started. Mm -hmm. It's the heart of everything uh, that I've ever done in my life. Um, my wife helped me name Fruition because she knows how hard I worked. Um, you know as a cook traveling around the country trying to learn working for people trying to gain as much knowledge as possible um you know 
living in crappy apartments, making crappy paychecks. Mm-hmm. Um, signifies growth. But just uh, putting into, you know, fruition, I started with a small amount of money and, uh, you know, it's. I think it's just been a lot of that honest hard work of just trying to do all the right things and just trying to uh, do it for the right reasons, you know. Um, like I said, you only get one shot at life. That's true. And uh, me, I have a hard time sitting still. You know, I spent over 30 years in kitchens. Mm-hmm. And there's only so many ways you can cook a piece of meat or fish, right? And uh, to continue growing, you know, it's what I try and teach everybody that works with me. Um, is that there is something beyond what you're doing today, you know, as long as you continue to pursue and work at it and learn about new things, um, you know, you can consume yourself with a lot of different things. When it comes to growth or growing to fruition, there's really never an end point to it, is there? There really isn't. I mean, uh, as we, as we used to say, you know, our first t-shirt at fruition was coming to dot, dot, dot fruition we're you know we're still coming to and we're still coming to fruition you know um it's a lot of hard work that goes into it you know the restaurant was a way that it was like oh finally you know there's something that mm-hmm. there's a reward there yeah. um something and to be to able hang to, your hat on a little bit like yeah. i have some footing yeah you know and uh i never thought i'd own a restaurant uh come from single mom mm-hmm. you know no money and uh so yeah like fruition was like the ultimate pinnacle and uh the farm became something that was an addition to that and uh you know the more and more i get to know people in denver and the community i i've formed partnerships with people and uh, been able to really create some other fun things uh beyond fruition let's talk about that because with fruition um comes evolution yeah and you've really evolved as a chef as a uh husband as a parent as um a a steward of our land as well so as you evolve or the evolution of fruition comes into other restaurant endeavors yeah tell us about some of the things you're up to right now yeah you know um growth is a hard thing yes it is it is uh it's it's not easy because you want to be everywhere you know, uh-huh. you want to be, you know, the best times in my career were being on the line for eight, 10 hours a day with my amigos, you know, and uh, smashing out dinner service, you know. And then I think there's a time where that excitement starts to diminish and you're looking for your next thing that can excite you, right? So uh, <clears throat> I think that's just kind of been the journey that I've been on. You know, I just want to consume more knowledge and do do some fun things and i think you know starting with um you know starting without a huge investment firm or partners or those kind of things has allowed me to choose my own path a bit um and it's uh you know it's just provided wonderful relationships and uh those relationships grow and next thing you know i've got a partner um, where we have an opportunity to create even cooler things than I could do on my own, you know? And I think, uh, working with people has shown me over the years. I think part of the success is being able to work with all different types of people mm-hmm. from all varying backgrounds, mm-hmm. respecting those people, uh, respecting where they come from. 
respecting what they've grown up, lived through, respecting where they're at currently in their life, and uh, trying to uh, either help or help in, uh, you know, help inspire people to want to do the same things and continue to grow. Respecting perspectives. You know, and I think, uh, I think with, with that respect of perspectives, um, you learn a little bit about some, somebody and uh, you also learn maybe where your weaknesses are mm-hmm. uh, because you see other, body, other people's positives, yeah. right? And uh, combining those things is pretty cool. It's Powerful. Like, it's like building a puzzle. Absolutely. When did Mercantile come into play? Uh, Mercantile is about seven or eight years after um, fruition. It was in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mercantile, you know, I wasn't never planning to do a second restaurant, but. Uh, was it an opportunity type of thing? You know, I had somebody that came to me and said, hey, we want you to be in Union Station. You can choose where you want to be. You can be the first one in here. They knew that I was working on a concept, which I was looking for some space in a neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Never really considered myself a big downtown type chef, really like the neighborhoods. Sure. The intimacy of 6th Avenue is... You know, to go downtown, it, but it was that's like home to me. One of those YOLO things: you only live once, and gosh, it's right there at my fingertips. Might as well just reach out and grab it. Yeah, you know, I think uh, something that I learned from a guy that I worked from for a long time, um, and something that I've lived by in my own restaurants is uh, undersell over deliver. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I remember when we got this farm, and there was a bunch of hoopla and. People wanted to talk about farm to table and the farm. And I, re- I remember, you know, instructing my wait staff to, we're not farm to table. I've been a chef since the 80s. I've been cooking in kitchens. Not a chef, but cooking in kitchens since the 80s. And we always got our food from a farm. Mm-hmm. And this is not a f- new phenomenon. It's just something new for us. Not a buzzword to yeah. you. Yeah. And uh that was for real, you know, and uh and uh I think that was kind of what I was trying to do with Mercantile was show our showcase our relationships. Mm-hmm. Um and what we can do as chefs without having to sell it. Yeah. Um our pickling program, our venoiserie program, our cheese program. Um you know, all those things were just like an explosion up here. And how do we share that with the community? And yeah. that's really what Mercantile How do you tell became. the story? I mean, yeah. w- it, which is a great thing because I always say if a bear spits in the woods and no one's there to see it, did he actually spit, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so, and, and as this ethos connects on to the community that's being built around, I mean, you look at another great chef that with the same mindset of Paul Riley in mm-hmm. the yard yeah. right now. This is, it's not a buzz. It's not a keyword. It's not a buzzword. It's not something to bring a guest in. Mm-hmm. Just, it's a way of life. Yep. Yeah, I mean, How Paul, do you stay true to that? I mean, uh, well, I think it's it's finding like minds, yeah. you know? It's romantic, but doesn't pay, chef. No, it's it doesn't. Tough. You know? Um, Margins are slim already, and to actually do that artisanal type of process. There's, there's a handful of chefs in Colorado that I s- really respect and admire. Paul is certainly at the top of that list. 
You know, he he and I have um, done trips with Chefs Collaborative. We've um, done James Beard advocacy tours. We've we toured a, a fish farm in Panama together. Um, and it's our commitment to seeing the source, mm-hmm. you know, and Paul shares that same commitment. And that's a big reason why he's here today. It's because he's been a big supporter of this farm since day one. Mm-hmm. His family has been here. Um, and we just, after 12 years, just enjoyed an experience that he and I have never been able to share together. Just today. Uh, and that was harvesting pigs. Yeah. You know, so. And, um, and, and, and then on our part. Uh, Jay and myself, I got to thank you for allowing us to uh, be a part of that process too. Yeah. It meant the world to us. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, uh, it's never an easy process to witness, but it's definitely a process that I think many chefs have been, um, very enriched by. I know I have, I know it's not easy every time I go through it. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's a sacrifice and it's something that, you know, the first pig I ever did at this farm, we used the intestines i had them turned in inside and out and like everything was mm-hmm. um scrupulously gone through and and utilized and i think it's just taught us a lot about as chefs um waste and not just with animals but with onions and peppers and you know and having respect for our farmers that are growing these things for us you know and uh it's gonna just dovetail <laughs> off of that respect with respect to the farmers respect to the land respect to life and the, and the life that is giving us life. Right. Uh, which is truly. Uh, tell me, first of all, right here, where are we at in here? Uh, this is our animal barn, actually. This has uh, housed uh, many of animals over the years, from chickens to sheep, uh, pigs, Tina the llama. Um, you know, so uh, Jim and I, we also worked to build this barn out and built, put all these feed troughs in here. And uh, we used to have my first two goats down here uh, my son was two and i had two nigerian dwarfs that were like <laughs> and they would run back and forth and shit all over this place boom, boom. so we had to start making some <laughs> compartments so we didn't have to clean this up day decisions. after day after day after day where'd you find the time um i took the time you needed to you know i um i was 90 hours a week um in the kitchen at fruition mm-hmm. those first few years and uh I needed the time, otherwise I was not going to last long. Cathartic of senses. You know, this industry has um, put a lot of pressure on many people, and I'm no different, you know. Um, but I think it's recognizing when you're in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, I needed something different, you know. Like I said, I've, I've been in kitchens for over 30 years. Um, I started when I was 14. And, uh, you know, everything I do, though, revolves around food. It's just a different sector. You know, all, the therapy all, right all these businesses are vertically re- integrated with one another. They all work together. Mm-hmm. It's part of the puzzle that I love, mm-hmm. you know, because um, it's not put together yet. Um, but we're working on it all the time, you know. We've got the frame maybe done, the outside square edges, but still filling in the pieces. Scary business to be in, especially right now. Do you see more p- hope and promise uh, at this point? Or, I mean, w- Restaurants? Yeah. I'd like to food think in so. general. I yeah, think, I like to right? think so. I mean, I always thought I lived in a business that, or I always thought I worked in an industry that was foolproof and that I could travel anywhere in the world and feed people. Yeah. You know, have work. The only thing I knew how to do, sure. but it was like, I thought I would be not what we've gone through in the past year, but I, uh, I do see glimpses, glimpses of hope, you know? Um, 
I think it's good to see that more people made it than I thought were going to make it. Yeah. You know, and I've heard that sentiment from a lot of people. And strong, too. You know, and certainly there, there's those that uh, maybe didn't make it this go around, but I know some of those people, they're strong. You they regroup. have opportunity. You That's regroup, right? right? And you get after it. Yeah, it's a little barn. Uh, yeah, we're going to break off real quick. This is a treat. Uh, hanging out with Chef Alex Seidel. And um, really, today was a day of celebration, a day of harvesting, a day of celebrating life, a day of celebrating new beginnings. And new beginnings is what's coming up. I know I promised you in the last segment to say, what are your hopes and wishes and dreams for this farm right here? And in Larkspur, Colorado, it's Fruition Farms Creamery. Chef Alex Seidel will break away real quick. Quick, I'll, I'll ask you that same question, and we'll take the rest of the tour, and then we'll catch up with the fellas in the yard. Be right back in a flash. The Modern Eater Show continues. Hey, you guys. Jay here with The Modern Eater Show. Thanks for watching. Don't forget about our YouTube and Instagram channels. A lot of killer content over there. Throw us a subscribe on YouTube. Throw us a follow on Instagram, and thank you for supporting TME. We couldn't do this without our amazing sponsors, so let's check them out right now. Very proud to be part of the, the Modern Eater and uh, chefs, restaurant owners, any food service operators. You know, I know right now that uh, delivery and carry out is bigger than ever and we got you covered. Uh, Cambro uh, has a full line of uh, delivery and carry out items. More economical options are expanded polypropylene or EPP, a uh, nice insulated container. Uh, the Procard Ultra is really versatile. It's a great unit because you could actually store cold products down here, hot products up here. It's all 120. There's no refrigeration worries. It's all thermodynamics. Just let us know what your food service challenges are, what it is we can do to help you out, and there isn't anything that we can't do for you. So uh, hope to see you over here at our facility in Park Hill soon and uh, stay safe out there. You know everybody, with several million dollars of hard assets here, insurance is very, very important to us. Ewing Levitt covers it all. Machinery, building, workman's comp. Ewing Levitt's got us covered from the floor to the ceiling, from our alley, even to the street. This divider, this press, my cooling conveyor, my oven. Ow, ow! Ewing Levitt covers our counter stacker and our employees too. If you need insurance, take it from Little Rich at Rockalitas. Call Ewing Levitt, they'll get you covered. Hey, this is Keegan from D-Bar in Denver. You guys might find it difficult to stay in touch and stay up to date with the ever-changing culinary scene in Colorado. It's almost impossible. Just tune in to Modern Eater. These guys have their fingers on the pulse of what's happening in all of the food and beverage in all of Colorado. They're behind us. They understand the idea of shopping local and shopping small. To support them, you support us. Right, you guys, back to the show in just a second. I'm here in Colorado Springs with Chef Noah Siebenhaller, and we're here to tell you about bread, and specifically Aspen Baking. Aspen Baking Company has been baking the best bread in Colorado since 1994. Chef, I know you use Aspen Baking Company here. What do you use here? Why do you like it? So um, I use their sourdough, their French Parisian, 
their burger rolls, marble rye, and slider rolls. Um, I, I was introduced about three and a half years ago, and I haven't found a better bread in Colorado since. So we use it for exclusively for everything. I'm telling you what, you guys, don't take my word for it. Take Chef Noah's. They're making quality product. They don't put in the, 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 the fake colors. They don't put in the chemicals. They don't freeze it. They don't do that stuff. They just bake fresh bread. AspenBaking.com is where you go to get that bread. And uh, now, back to the show. I'm back on a chilly spring day in Larkspur, Colorado, for Wishing Farms Creamery, Chef Alex Seidel. As we take a look around, I, I promise as we broke off to come back with the question. When, when you see something that means so much to you, and I think that really just the discussion that we had in the past 20 minutes has really personified what this property means to you, it, it's not just a wash your hands of it you, you really have hopes for what you'd like to see this farm to be yeah absolutely i mean uh i've i've met a couple prospective buyers over the last couple months people who've reached out from uh you know there's a, a denver farmers network and i think it got out around there and you know so i've met some people down here i've had some personal friends uh reach out about it um, can't we just all pitch in? <laughs> can't we all? Can't we? And that's we? the thing is, like you know, I've I've even had some people say, "Hey, let's partner on that thing and um, let's do something a little different." And I was like, you know, um, it's not about the venture. Yeah. It's not about the business that is on the farm. Uh -huh. It's just about the timing in my life, right? You know, and uh, I think. Um, Without having to manage this piece of property, um, it will bring me some time to look at other opportunities, bigger, sure. bigger ideas in agriculture. Absolutely, you know. Um, and when you look at this piece of property, I I see vibrant life. I see people, a community of folks that really. And and again, I think it circles back to when you began your endeavor with this right. property of saying. I got to push. I, I want to get in here and hunker down and really be a part of this land. And, and it was something that you really wanted to do. You want somebody in here that really wants to do this. Well, it's, uh, it's that, it's that transition we were talking about earlier. You know, once it was about the plate of food, uh -huh. then it was about connecting with food, uh -huh. you know, um, right now, I work on my own systems for this farm when I could be working on systems. I'd love to be a part of the 2050 food vision of Colorado. Mm -hmm. I was a part of a panel last year for that. Is that a thing? Yeah, absolutely. When, really? Um, could, you, could you give me 30 seconds on what that is? Yeah, I think, uh, well, last year I was with a group of uh, 24 or so people from around the state that yeah. were put together um, to collaborate on what Colorado's 2050 food vision is. What is our, what is our stake going to look like? Yeah. I mean, we knew... We do nine billion in agriculture, and only uh -huh. two hundred million stays in the state. Interesting. How Please much, tell me, food. There's no access there. Please tell me, food doesn't look like it's meat in a laboratory or. I, what I, does that I surely food vision look like, Chef? You know, I surely hope not. I mean, uh, we've been working with a lot of farmers that are looking at new regenerative practices. Uh, we look at carbon offset. Uh, ways to pay back our farmer. We're actually starting something at fruition uh, with zero food print, uh, which is something that I vetted over the last year and a half. It was started by Anthony Mayant out of uh, 
California. And uh, we finally have the systems in place to take money from restaurants and give it back to farmers. And uh, we're going to start with this pilot model here coming up in the next month or two. And that's, that's broad vision, right? That's more than me just buying my own carrots from my farm. Mm-hmm. Um, this is supporting other farmers. And like you said, somebody to take this farm, I hope it's somebody that I know, somebody that I can work with, support, um, and be a part of um, their future as well in any way I can, mostly on the supportive side. This house? Full, can you live in this house? Yeah, this house is uh, totally operational. You know, it's built in the 40s. Um, I gutted it back in 2009, you know, it's got stainless steel appliances and granite countertops and, uh, you know, it's a two bedroom upstairs and a walkout basement. Um, it's certainly got a little bit of life in it, but, uh, you know, everything's pretty much been redone in there. So anxious to see what the ne- next chapters hold. So down here, more growing facilities. These hoop houses, are they operational right now? You, you, can, you can even hunt in your own tree stand in your backyard. There's Wait, deer, where's deer the, droppings where's right the there. Trees? I was showing you the deer droppings. Oh, yes. You can. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, bittersweet for you, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, um, we did a lot of different types of farming out here. This is called Hegel culture, this mound right here. And is that, that's, is that like a runoff system? It's a Eastern European method of growing in compost. Interesting. So something I knew nothing about. I've um, been seeing as I travel the state because of Colorado and how it goes mountainous to flatline, that there's terrace um, planting to where you will go and, and kind of for water conservation too, for the runoff and certain ter- This reminded me of, of that a bit. Uh, but you're getting a lot of runoff from this hill. As we well, do, aren't you? Sometimes we get a little too much to, to where it washes it down. No, I mean with the hoop houses we have protection, um, but also the we have berms throughout this whole property um, that are meant to protect that because, as we said, we're we're right here at the headwaters of Cherry Creek, so everything's flowing down to that little tiny, <laughs> tiny creek there. This is a great farm, it really is. This property is so. I mean, it's laid out perfectly for anybody who wants to just step in and start growing right away. Yeah, I mean, uh, you see all these hydrants here. We were, we were meaning to put a third hoop house here where this hydrant is. Um, but we've, we've got hydrants set up everywhere. And we used to hand water all this. Um, and I, when I say we, I mean Ilsa. <laughs> yes, um, Master Gardener Ilsa. Yes, she kicked some ass down here for many years. Including building this uh, hoop house with the help of Josh Olson. Josh Olson was a huge help in building this for us. Really? With us. Yep. Uh, we've got two different hoop houses here. We'll step into this other one. Sure. Oh, this is great. So you can see it's uh, definitely overweeded. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, but this is something that we started in the fall last year. This is all filled with carrots and beets. Um, you know, and we're still, we're still harvesting. Nice baby carrots. I love it. Maybe want to, uh. Wash that one off and take a... Well, if Brian Freeman was here, he would just chew a- on afternoon it. Afternoon snack. 
you know, like I just haven't been down here consistently enough. And with Ilsa gone, um, it's it, do, it's it doesn't doing. get the love and attention it deserves right now. So we need someone to take care of that for us. So we each got carrots. Yeah, we each got carrots. Boom. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, you know, one of the things is, as you're right, you know, you got to go through here and, and taking care of this land is everything. But you've seen some heydays inside of here too, huh? To kind of lay the land of what you've seen throughout the years in here. Well, this one structure that we're in, uh, we've lost this cover probably three or four times over the years. I was going to ask. Um, the first time it was due to wind. And uh, I wasn't here that day, but the stories go that people were 10 feet up in the air trying to hold this thing down. Oh, my goodness. And it blew off and almost clipped the electrical uh, poles over here on the road. Um, when that happened, we decided, oh, let's use a zip netting, something where the air can flow through. Yep. And we concreted all these posts in, and Josh put up this net. And uh, mid-June, we got two feet of snow up here, and that crumpled all those posts. Um, Man, I have trouble putting up an 8x8 tent for a brewery. My, my <laughs> lab, uh, I have a chocolate lab. Uh, I had a chocolate lab. That uh, got through a little corner of that when the chickens were eating in here and foraging one time. So that that was not a great experience uh, for the corner of the greenhouse and for the chickens. So that was, that was a little tough. You were raising chickens here as well? Yeah, we used to let them kind of root around and forage in here. Gotcha. And, um, pick through all the grubs and whatnot. What a great tour of the property. How can people get more information to see this property if they're interested in looking at it? So, yeah, this property is listed. Um, Matt Call from NavPoint. He's the principal of NavPoint Realty. Okay. Um, they can certainly reach out to me and private message me through social media, yeah. and I can put anybody in touch with uh, Matt. Um, come down and have a tour of the place and check it out. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at a tour of it right now, and truly just a great uh, morning to catch up and, uh, what's on the menu? Uh, we're actually uh, going to be uh, cooking these pigs that we harvested today. Um, no better way to go out than to uh, harvest the bounty that we raised. Um, you know, it was kind of cool to bring the chefs down today and do a little bit of a harvest and uh, super cool get those pigs ready for Sunday. And I think we're going to cook them up multiple ways. I'm going to try and uh, maybe reach out to my friend Loka and see if I can get some uh, fixins <laughs> for tacos. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she doesn't know it yet, Coming but I've been thinking you. about it. Dana, get um, ready. Yeah, and then I think we're just going to have a big group celebration. Everybody kind of bring a little side dish. I'm going to have some some beer, of course, for everyone, and we'll get some, some buses for people to make it here safe and back. Fun. And... Uh, you know, maybe have a little bonfire and just cook and celebrate. So we're going to walk up on these guys here in the yard. I think they're still in the yard. One thing that I think would be really cool, Chef. One pig is done. Where are these guys at? They took the one pig inside. Oh, they're inside? Yep. I wanted to catch up with these guys. Um, say something nice about each one of these guys. Chef. Paul Riley. Oh, Paul Riley. You know he's been he's been a partner in crime uh, with me and many things, and I've 
been a partner in his crimes uh, for many years. Um, it started off trying to sell him cheese, and he was very finicky. <laughs> and he was probably the hardest chef to crack. Uh-huh. Um, but it just so goes that we became neighbors and friends and uh, lived in the same neighborhood and spent some time together. And like I said earlier, we've traveled a lot, and Paul is genuine, uh, very genuine fellow. He's... He's also not in a position where he's standing on a soapbox uh, and trying to preach to the world, but he's trying to be real and honest. Yeah. Um, and it comes through in his restaurants for sure. Yeah. Um, Justin Brunson. Yeah, Chef Justin. You know, that character and I, we go back to the Mizuna Luca days. Uh-huh. And uh, we should share a beverage after work. And, uh hey. What <laughs> is this the same job? You know, a beverage <laughs> or two? His, yeah, or two. Okay. Um, you know, and uh, he's just one of those guys that is just one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Yeah. You know, he's just got such a huge personality. Yeah. But he's got a big heart. Totally. You know, and he's got one of the biggest hearts. And uh, we started at young ages together, and we've been able to support each other through our own paths. Mm-hmm. You know, and he certainly supported me. And like I said earlier, you know, uh, we bur- we harvested and butchered our first pig together here. Here? Here. On this farm? On this farm. Um, <laughs> you know, and for a guy who has as much uh, experience doing that, uh-huh. to know that he did his first one here, yeah. it's pretty cool. It means a lot. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Jason Newart, you know, he's uh, a butcher friend of mine from the Springs. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've gone elk hunting together. Um, we've talked philosophy on animals and butchery and he actually, uh, he actually butchers animals for the military Mm -hmm. and travels all over the world, works with all four, uh, units, branches of our military. And his first class that he ever did with the military was on this property. And, uh, we knew each other through mutual contacts. He called and I said, Hey, can I do this demo for for some service folks and, uh, you know, whatever we can do to help train, of course, you know, I'm supportive of that. And, uh, you know, he carries, he was in the military and, you know, he's just, uh, put so much of his career into teaching the people that protect us and like, what a great dude. And what a wealth of knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. Just a great um, so he's probably, uh, he's killed more animals than all of us. Yeah. Um, and, and he's just a, he's a pro. Yeah, he's a pro. Great at what he does. Chef Jimmy Warren. Chef Jimmy Warren, you know, the one and only <laughs> uh, Cheese Shepherd. Uh, he's been my partner in crime in this whole thing, you know, without... He kind of raised under your tutelage, though, right, wouldn't you say? Well, you know, he started in my kitchens in uh, Garmage and rose his way on up, um, but that's due to his own work abilities. ethic and uh, abilities and... You know, um, I've learned just as much, if not more, from him down here uh, than he's learned from me. And um, even though he's no longer making cheese here at the farm, we're still continuing our venture together at uh, a new pizza place that I just uh, started um, collaborating with and uh, became a partner in. So Jim and I's journey are going to continue past the farm, which um, is special to me because, um, as I talked about, people developing. Mm-hmm. Um, I took Jim and some other chefs of mine at the James Beard house a year and a half ago, and we were in Brooklyn having dinner and I'll never forget Jim and I were having a one-on-one conversation 
and we were talking about the creamery and you know what the future of it looked like and what his future looked like and he shared with me at that point that he really wanted to get back into a kitchen and you know so understanding that same thing like we only have one life mm -hmm. if that's where you want to be let's work on mm -hmm. let's work on that you know and so he's graduated from the farm he has all these skills he's been an award-winning cheesemaker mm -hmm. And now he gets to continue to pursue what he wants to in food. And uh, what are your hopes for him? You know, um, he's worked his ass off down here. Yeah. And uh, I can't say it's gone exactly as peachy as we thought it'd go. Sure. You know, we've gone through a lot of trials and tribulations here at the farm and trying to make it work for 12 years and make the creamery work. And, uh, you know, I've had partners that have um, probably started later than him, but have had a little bit more success than him over the years, you know, and uh, that always sticks in my heart. Yeah. Um, I want to see him be as successful as he can be and uh, whatever that means to him, you know. So, yeah. um, you know, if I can be a small part of his journey and help support that, um, I know he's been there to support me and help me. Yeah. Seeing him happy is probably the biggest thing. What's that? Seeing him happy. Oh, totally. I mean, you can see it. So when you think of the, the farm here, Fruition Farms, Creamery, you got columns in life a lot of times, win and loss. I don't know. I mean, where do you put it? Is this win? Is it a loss? Oh, it's a huge win. Yeah. It's bittersweet. Yeah. It's definitely bittersweet. Um, we're not going to have too many days like this uh, in the near future here, which is the bitter part. It's winding down. Um, and winding, winding down under your navigation, right? Yeah, well. It'll be ramping up. And that's the beauty of land. Yeah. Life. Absolutely. Um, it's not going to start. Do doesn't have to us, end. Right? doesn't have to end with me. That's right. You know, um, I truly believe if, I wish I could have lived on this property. Uh-huh. Would you have? And done it some real justice. Yeah. Um, it it would have been much, uh, probably, if, much more fulfilling, but it would also taken me a lot of, away from something that I truly love, and that's restaurants and people. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So community is everything. We're gonna go over and catch up with these characters right now. I can't thank you enough for the tour today, allowing yeah. us access uh, to trusting us and being a part of this community. That is just it blows me away how tight and knowledgeable and and just vibrant and so full of life and again that goes back to really just hospitality and servitude and and being what that is and food and beverage brings us all together greg you know you you and all the people over at modern eater you guys have done an amazing job just to uh help share what colorado has to offer yeah. not just restaurants not just chefs not just cooks but like farmers, the people who are doing the work, you know, there's been a lot of people on your show that uh, get to inspire others in our community to do things. Yeah. And that's the coolest part is because Denver's become a kick-ass place, yeah. you know, in just a short amount of time. And you guys are certainly a part of that journey, too. Thank you means a ton to us and as we travel the state and the highways and byways and dirt roads and we get to tell the stories of the folks that don't really have a voice yep. and such unthankful jobs and the integral part of just the, the glamour of getting a delicious dish at fruition and you see it plated up and there's so much that goes along into that yeah and there's so many hearts and minds and inspiration and dreams that go into just bringing that plate of food to fruition you know that was the whole beginning training thought that I would share with all my cooks was that this box of arugula has a journey mm -hmm. you know 
it might have not come from here, but now you know what it means when it comes from here. Because yeah. you've harvested, you've watered it, you've weeded it, uh, you've put it into a package, you've brought it back up to the restaurant at 8.30 p.m., you know, when you've worked all day down here. Yes. Um, a lot of strong cooks in our culture over the years have, have been really warriors in defending that, Completely. you know. Um, it's a beautiful thing. A there's beautiful some thing. some guys that come to memory like Josh Rathbone and who Nick Nick. I mean, these guys actually became cheesemakers. Mm -hmm. You know, it's part of their repertoire. It brought their yeah. life in that direction. Totally. That is um, so, well, I think we should go full circle and begin um, the day where we started it right up here with our friends, and that's what we're doing. It's a celebration today, and it's new chapters and new beginnings, and that's what springtime signifies for me, uh, growth and life and evolving and just really, really getting on track. And I hope that today by seeing this, it inspires you. It definitely inspires me. Can't thank you enough, Chef. Thanks, Greg. Chef Alex Idell. We're going to go up and hang out with our friends right now. Hey, guys. Alex Armitas over at Sam's Number 3 Glendale. You want a Bloody Mary? You want a cheeseburger? You want a breakfast burrito? Greek salad? Bacon gyro meat? Chicken souvlaki? Barbecue ranch salad? We got you covered. Come down and see us. One more time. Try it again. Hey guys, Alex Armitas over here at Sam's Number 3 Glendale. Now get your ass to themoderneater.com. Thank you so much. Modern Eater, we love you guys. This is Amber with Northern Colorado Potatoes, reminding everyone that potatoes grown here are truly rooted in love and rooted in a long history of being grown in this area. Early 1900s reports show that this was either the largest or one of the largest potato producing areas in the nation. Other states have had some amazing branding, but don't forget we have all your favorite varieties and more you love to cook and eat, including russet. Support local potatoes, you won't be disappointed. It's Caroline Glover. I'm the chef owner of Annette out at Stanley Marketplace. Citrus is about to be in its prime. And you're watching the Modern Eater Show. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Making education cool again, Jay. You know how? Culinary Quick Start Program. We are in love. They're using Studio Kitchen Colorado Monday through Thursday. If you have any desire to get into culinary or you're just sharpening your skills, I'm telling you, these guys, Chef Blake, Chef Marcus, 
they're instructing a course and i've been there the past couple of nights and this course is cool it's informative it's innovative and it has the modern eater touch on it you can tune into this as well but you have to sign up for the course if you go to themoderneater.com you'll see it on the top navigation bar it's a drop down emily griffith culinary quick start all of the stuff that we're doing and sign up information is right there for you it's a gimme it's free to you it's like the cooking classes you pay for don't pay for them anymore you just sign up and what is the best part of this thing we got jobs for you the troops are rallying the community's getting together and there's a baseline so restaurants if you want to get involved you're a restaurant tour you can get involved because we need you and you to support this program with your skills so what does that entail this entails getting together and having a job seminar for these students it's going to be a baseline you need a baseline of knowledge for your students when they come in you know they're going to be able to handle a line in a kitchen so get involved if you have any interest in signing up and being a student for this class you can't get in on this three weeks but the following three weeks you can get in on again sign up themoderneater.com you'll see emily griffith culinary quick start but we want you to join the revolution of making education cool again okay all right in larksburg colorado look at these suspects i promise it's not a police line <laughs> no <laughs> this is the good stuff right here talk about community and again a bittersweet time is ramp up to sunday celebration at fruition farms creamery and again what a great conversation we had with alex i look at these stars alex i mean chef jimmy warren <laughs> chef paul riley the butcher jason nauer and here he is chef justin brunson look at they're all here he is. they're all lined up Man, so Alex, you had a lot of nice things to say about these guys, right? Yes. Now uh, say, can I take them back? Yeah. <laughs> that, that I mean, truly, you guys. Uh, look, at, look, Justin. Yeah. Down here today, it meant a lot to be here today. Oh, of course, man. I was. <clears throat> I've been uh, coming around these parts for the last what ten years? Was it been twelve? Twelve years. Wow. Is that how long really? it's been? Yeah. I learned a yeah. fact, and I don't know whether it's true or not. But did you harvest your first pig here with Alex? 12 years ago yeah we did we we, we harvested uh that one of the first ones uh that we did the first pig i killed in colorado was on this yeah. farm right mm -hmm. here actually yeah. yeah right there right here me and jimmy and alex matt vodder yep yeah it was a good day now alex described you as one of the nicest sweetest guys oh. that you'd ever come across with a big heart yeah i'll leave the second part i out. feel like this is the newlywed game <laughs> 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 Oh, Jason, you know what he said about you? <laughs> that tremendously knowledgeable number three. Guy. I'm sexy. That was <laughs> left out. That was overlooked. That was overlooked. But your knowledge in the business and how you work with the military, I'll tell you what, fantastic in, in just your knowledge base for the, uh, uh, the, art, the art of the kill, really. Yeah. yeah. Takes practice. Yeah, well done. Got to do it right. Got to yeah. treat the animal right. That's the most important thing. Chef Paul Riley, today was a big day for you. It was. It always, but every day is a great day down here at yeah, the farm. That's right. <laughs> uh, but but your first opportunity to take part in a harvest of this fashion. Sure, I've been witness to them, but never done it myself. And I think it's super important if you eat meat. That's something that you should be conscious of. And uh, to be a part of that, especially in the humane way that it was done, was was uh, pretty special. Yeah. Um, Chef and I, Chef Alex and I talked about 
um, really the ethos of that true, really before buzzwords of farm to table, of, of really bringing ingredients and knowing where they're from and connecting those dots. And Chef Brunson, a, a while back, um, we've talked, you said you want to talk to the real OG about right. who this is, and time and time again, your name comes up, Chef Paul, right? Oh, as, that's as about the best compliment I could possibly receive. As, as well as It's true, be. though. But I heard you were a hard ass when it came to cheese purchases. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about the two tightest chefs I know, right? My sound of meat. Jeez. No, I, I I shared that you were one of the more meticulous chefs that took time in developing a relationship, you know, and you were you were firm. Yeah, you know? I'm happy to hear that, man. And uh, but also you've you've done more than support this farm. You've cooked down here and. You cooked for my teams down here. Yeah, that was a blast. Uh, you cooked for outstanding in the field down here. That, but now that that'll be like the crown jewel of being. Well, maybe that was that was a very special night. It was a very special dinner. He you supported also. Elsa a lot. The cheese. I used to bring deliveries over to your back door at Beast all the time. <laughs> it was my opportunity to hang out with you a lot more back then than uh, now. Right. <laughs> you also describe Paul as a partner in crime and somebody that <laughs> you got to know throughout the years and, and really just become very close to yeah. as a friend, as um, somebody that you've networked with. We, uh, you know, there's there's only a handful of chefs in Denver that lead the way uh, when it comes to advocacy and uh, getting the word out about food. Mm -hmm. And Paul is one of those people, we talk about it because... The same people are, are there time and time again, <laughs> uh, fighting the good fight, mm -hmm. and uh, Paul's always there. You're back open for business, too. Yes, yeah. both of them. Congrats. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Made, made it happen again. So Praise uh, the Lord. Yes. It, it feels it feels great to be back, and we have. I feel like we haven't skipped a beat. So. Yeah. yeah. You didn't lose your touch? You, you come on down and check it out. I think this is really cool and fitting because this gentleman to your left, Chef Jimmy Warren, I mean, talk about um, husbandry. <laughs> I mean, truly, oh, right? I mean, you guys are together in it to win it. Uh, that's a special relationship that you guys have. Yeah. Truly special relationship. It's been a long time building. <laughs> Every time I've been around you, Jimmy, I'm, I'm, it, it just you, you, you're completely progressive, kicking the rock down the road. You're somebody who's fun to be around. I learned so much from you, and just your expression for life, it just exudes through you, man. And I just want to learn more from you, be around you more. Uh, what are you doing right now? So um, I'm working with this guy a little bit more. <laughs> we're making some pizzas now. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we're out at uh, making some changes in a little small family pizza joint right now. Why pizza? Why not? Yeah. It's delicious. <laughs> Why Everybody not? loves pizza. Why not bring something that people love and bring it to them and make it fantastic? This is a good moment to wrap it up right here, huh? Yeah, man, this it's is a awesome. perfect moment. Thank you. Yeah, to capsulize this type of thing, Jay. We're gonna take. The, we're not even gonna air this. Okay, we're just gonna put in a time capsule <laughs> and let it die with no, a bunch of other not. memories. No, <laughs> you guys, each and every one of you, special place in my heart. I love you guys. Let's continue doing this. And again, this Sunday celebration. 
That's what yeah. it is, man. Rock on. Thank you, boys. Love you, boys. We're going to be there. That's Thank you, Jeff. The big hurrah. It doesn't get any better than this. This is the modern eater at its finest. So for Jay Parker, myself, Greg Hollenbach, Chef Jimmy Warren, Chef Paul Riley, the butcher Jason Nauer, the butcher Chef Justin Brunson, and of course, Chef Alex Seidel. I'm Greg Hollenbach. We'll see you down the road as the Modern Eater Show continues.